Thus, they'll be transformed like that. Only a few. Until that day, it'll always be 100%. So listen, we run around in this world. We thank our bosses. We thank our, you know, our wives, our children, our spouses. But we fail to thank God. We fail to think of our eternal future. And that's one thing God provided for us. The most important thing God provided for us. Our eternal future in the kingdom of heaven. Just by receiving the sacrificial sacrifice of Christ on the cross and his shed blood that was holy, holy, holy. And it was the only blood that could redeem mankind from, from the death, eternal death, that is. We are aliens and pilgrims before you, as we all are our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. So here's what David's saying. You, you heard him say it in this passage. This is David with a prayer with his heart. He's praying with heart here. He's thanking God. He got an opportunity to build a temple for the Lord. And we know quite well that God said to him, you know, who can build a temple for me when the heavens and the earth are mine, you know? God allowed him to build it because he wanted to build it with his heart. So in verse 1 of that chapter, chapter, um, I want to turn to chapter 29, verse 1. This is important. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great, because the temple is not for man, but for God. See, David's doing this because, obviously, Solomon was already chosen by God to be king of Israel. But he was young. He was inexperienced. And David had all the plans ready to go. Because he wasn't allowed to build the temple because he was a man of blood. But his son was told to build the temple. But David made preparations for it. And we today, we can make preparations by rejoicing always and praying without ceasing. And our next point that's coming up shortly is going to be give thanks in everything. So Solomon's young. David blessed the Lord forever and ever. He's saying, again, we've got to thank him. God is great. He is the power. He's the glory. He's, he gives us the victory. You know, he's our victorious warrior. He's, he, he's the one that has majesty. These kings on the earth that think they wear a great crown, they're nothing compared to God. In Revelation 19, Jesus is wearing a crown called, it's called in Greek, it's diadem, solid, gold, full of jewels, precious stones. All of the heaven and the earth are, are God's. Man thinks, you know, man thinks the moon is their God. That's so stupid. They build a statue that has hands and eyes and ears and legs. It can't walk. It can't see. It can't hear. And they worship it. How stupid is that? The creator is worshiping his creation. No, we're supposed to worship the creator by rejoicing always 
praying without ceasing, and in giving thanks in all things. Yours is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head, Lord. That's what David's saying. You're the head. From you are riches and honor. If some of you are rich, not, no, I'm not talking just money here. We're talking about rich and health and, and wealth and prosperity. That, those riches and that honor comes from you. If you have a high, uh, a high respected position in the government or wherever, you know, that came from God. Yours is the power. You reign in the universe. Your hand makes great. You know why David was great? God made him great. You give us strength. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the strong say, I am weak. That's what the song says. That's what the scriptures say. Your hand make great, makes great. You give us strength. We praise your glorious name. We thank you. We thank you. And here's the third point. Not only, you know, rejoice always. And then remember, rejoice is rejoy. Rejoy always. And then we have pray without ceasing. You could pray anywhere, as I, I said. You can pray anywhere. God hears your heart no matter where you're at or what you're doing. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances, not just once a year at Thanksgiving Day. Not, all, not, not, not one day, but one twinkling of an eye all the days of your life. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not just once a year, but all the time. That's 24-7, 365 and a quarter days a year. Joshua said it this way, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you're able to, to do everything written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That's one of the verses in the Bible that talks about prosperity. This book brings you prosperity. So three things is God's will for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in everything. This is God's will for you. How many people go through this through their life? They're not rejoicing. Even Christians walk around with smirks on their faith, face. And, and they portray a bad witness before the world. You should, we should be the happiest people in the world. Because we know that when our, our last breath comes, that the Lord is going to be there for us, whether we're escorted by angels or whether he's there for us to take us home. I believe personally, according to John 14, that he's going to come again and take us to himself, just like he said. I believe that. I believe he can do it. I, I just don't have any doubt. These are God's will for you. You've got to rejoice, church. We're not talking about amusement here. We're talking about rejoicing in your heart, making melodies in your heart to the Lord, rejoicing, singing, rejoying. Everything's rejoy, rejoy, rejoy in your life. 
We give thanks for, we should give thanks for his loving kindness, according to Psalm 107, for his mercy. He saved us, not on the basis of the deeds you've done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of our spirit, being born again, spiritually. For his grace, for by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift. Grace is a gift from God. And it's not a result of your works that anybody should, should uh, grasp. It's not a result of your works. His works are beautiful, says Psalm 145.4. Let me read 145.4, 5 and 6. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good and his mercy everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. You know what that says there? The truth endures to all generations. That means this book is going to endure to all generations. We're to enter his courts with praise. We shouldn't be coming to church in the morning, grinding your teeth. Oh, no, I got to go to church again. I got to get out of bed. I got to get out of bed. Jesus died for you. Do you get it? And you can't get out of church, out of bed? You ought to be ashamed of yourself if that's your case. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You know, you guys here, you're here. I'm not preaching to you. I'm talking about getting out there. You should be glad to go to church. Praise him for his beautiful works. Praise him for your puppy dog. Praise him for your kitty cat. Praise him for your sons and your daughters and your and your grandchildren and great-grandchildren if you have any. Praise him for his power. His power. Praise him for the victory that he is he has accomplished at the cross. That he spoke about in Genesis 3:15 about about the the seed of the of the woman will crush Satan's skull, and Satan would only bruise his heel. Thank him for that. That's victory right there. It was spoken of before it ever happened. Thousands of years later, Jesus crushed the enemy's skull at the cross and check it out, Colossians chapter 1. His salvation that's in his son Jesus, you didn't have to do anything except receive the gift that he gave us of his son Jesus. So many people, God has given a gift this Christmas season. God has given a gift to the entire world that ever existed and to the entire world that's ever going to come. It's a gift, and it's his son, Jesus Christ. And we Christians, we put gifts under the tree, but you go up there, you get the one from your spouse, you get the one from your children, you get your one for your, one for your puppy dog, but the one from God the Father you leave under the tree. Instead of receiving that gift and unwrapping it and opening it up and receiving the precious gift that's in there. You know, we were talking yesterday at, at the men's group. It was a rainbow over the church. It, was over the, it wasn't over the church, but it was back this way. And, and I said, you know, God has to do everything to bring people to church. He put a rainbow over the place. But here's the thing. I said, listen. If God would have had the end of that rainbow stop right in the middle of our church, people would come, flock in here. You know what they'd be flocking in for? The pot of gold at the other end. Not realizing that the pot of gold 
is the precious gem of salvation that's in Jesus Christ. How messed up is this world? And you know what? That has a lot to do with the pastors today who aren't preaching the gospel. It's a shame. Salvation is for everyone. I want my worst enemy to be saved. I've prayed for them. I can name a few. I love them, and I want them in heaven with me. Because when we get to heaven, all that's going to be washed away. I'm going to see him for who he was or her for who she is. His salvation, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Simple. Simple, but people are scared to death. They're, you know what? They're, they're ashamed. Some of them are lacking courage. Some people are just ashamed. They don't want to be identified as a Christian. I'll tell you what, that's a shame. Because Christianity and Christ is the most beautiful religion that ever hit the face of the earth. Because it's God reaching out to man, not man trying to get to God. Man's trying to get to God is not the way. It's God has come to man. And it's that simple. And they won't receive it because they have no courage. And that's why the scriptures tell us to be a soldier, be an athlete, running for the prize. Be a soldier. You've got to endure some hard times, but God's in it with you. Psalm 95, 2, not only does Psalm 145 say it, but here's Psalm 95, 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. You know what? Some churches, if you shout it joyfully in this pew while the pastor's praying or the worship song, they'll come and tap you on the shoulder and escort you out. If you dance in church, people will say, you can't dance, you can't dance in church. You know what happened to David's uh, wife that was given to him by Saul, his daughter, when he danced in the city when the Ark of the Covenant came in, his wife Micaiah, I believe her name was, you know, she, she, she was ashamed of him. And because of that, she was childless because she wouldn't praise God for who he was. And so that, that's a statement to us. We need to do what David did. You can dance unto the Lord. You can play instruments unto the Lord. But you don't have to make an amusement park out of your church. You come into his presence with thanksgiving and shout joyfully to him. Praise the Lord. In Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5, Let us enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. Unless we say that here, Liz, Liz, our worship leader here, you know, says, she says it every week, every Thursday night. God is good. God is good. People say, you know, God did this and God did that. No, he didn't. He's good. We did it to ourselves because we fell and sinned in the garden and that sin ruined the entire world. God's garden of Eden was perfect. It was perfect. But when, when man fell, sin entered into the world. Even the serpent, which obviously was the most beautiful creature, 
if you think about, you know, Lucifer, he was most beautiful angel. And if you read up on him, you can find that out. When, when he was thrown out of the garden, he, want, he was out of heaven. He was thrown out because he wanted to exalt his throne above God. He wanted to be more beautiful than God. So he probably chose the most beautiful creature in the garden, a serpent. Okay? And obviously that serpent had legs. Okay? Because after, after the devil used him, you know, he had to slither on the ground and eat dust. So in a sense, man recreated the serpent. And some animals became carnivorous. And some animals, you know, remained not carnivorous. We destroyed the earth. The earth's axis was changed. The earth was tropical in the garden. The, the earth was watered from the ground up. It never rained. They thought Noah was nuts because Noah was saying, rain's going to fall from heaven. And you can picture Chicken Little, if you read this little storybook for kids, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. They thought he was crazy for 120 years. Could you put up with that for 120 years? So what did God do? He caused the rain. He caused the windows of heaven to fall in, the, the fountains of earth to come up, and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights as the water vapor barrier crashed from over the face of the earth. And obviously the earth was knocked on a 23-and-a-half-degree well, axis, you know, axis, forcing the waters to the north and the south pole where they froze instantaneously, including beasts. They've already found mammoths in the south um, Antarctica, you know, they were froze so quickly, even the grass in their stomachs never digested. The earth, when it was, it's then now what we got, we got hurricanes and wind patterns and all kind of things in the oceans. You know, you know we, we messed it up, not God. God created it perfect. He is good. It was our fault. And when it's all over, it's going to revert back to the Garden of Eden practice. Everything's going to be, you know, the lion's going to lay with the lamb, according to Isaiah 11. The child is going to pay by, play by the cobra's den. Can you imagine that? It's beautiful what God has done. We are the, we're the ones that mess it up, and man won't accept it. The tornado wasn't there by God. It wasn't an act of God. It was an act of, it was a consequence of man's sin. And we blame God. It's my fault. I'm a sinner. I say it to the Lord all the time. And I think of what he said on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And I think of myself, and I pray this a lot. I say, forgive me, Lord, because I didn't know what I was doing. I wish I, I got saved at 27, and I've been in the Lord 44 years. And I'm still trying to undo the damage from those 27 years. It's my fault. It's your fault. You have to know you're a sinner, and God provided you a way. He provided the antidote for that sin, which is precious blood that was shed. And because he lives and walked out of that tomb three days later, according to the scriptures, we can also walk out of death. Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am, am the, the resurrection and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. 
There's no other name under heaven by which man must be saved. There's no mediator between God and man except the Lord Jesus Christ. It's clear all through Scripture. Colossians 1.12 says, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. We get to share. We, we get to share because the Father has qualified us through His Son, Jesus Christ. We were dead and now we're alive. We're, we were headed to hell and now we're headed to heaven. We were in our sins and now we're forgiven. And now we're born again of the Spirit of God. Now it makes sense to us. It's like living in a dimension that you don't belong in. It, the Bible talks about it being we being aliens and strangers on the earth, an ambassador from a foreign land. And we got saved, and we should be thankful. Now we were, in, we were people on this earth, and God chose us, and now we're an ambassador of heaven to earth. That's something to be proud of and to rejoice in and thank God for, to keep rejoicing, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks to God in everything, because that's our inheritance. And our justification is in Him. He tells us to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let our requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Here's the application. I guess you could say an application. Verse 19, which the church does today, which needs to stop. And that is, 19, do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. You know, I looked up quench. You know what that means? It means to extinguish. It means to snuff out. It means to put out. No, no, let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is represented in the New and the Old Testament as a dove, as, a, as wind, as oil, as wine, and as fire. So when you quench the Holy Spirit, you are in a sense snuffing out the fire of the Holy Spirit within you. What's Paul saying? You know what he's saying? Literally he's saying this. Stop putting out the Spirit's fire but the churches do it all the time you can't have a tattoo you you the ladies have to sit on this side and the men on that side oh don't put makeup on don't you dare dye your hair you're snuffing out the holy spirit oh, don't come to church with tattoos god don't accept anybody with a tattoo meanwhile your name is tattooed on jesus's hands check it out in isaiah your name he has you embossed engraved on his hands not one hand both hands listen don't quench the holy spirit's fire when when we free refuse to do the will of god that's what you're doing you're refusing to you're snuffing out the holy spirit's fire cuz he's a fire and the church does it all the time and when things happen in churches that maybe the Holy Spirit's doing, you know, people get mad and they don't go back to that church because the Spirit spoke. 
We, you know what? We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit, like, it, like you were when you first came to know him. Because you were so sensitive, you knew who he was, you knew what you needed to do, and you did it. And that's what we need to do today. So, that's what you're doing when you fail to rejoice always. That's what you're doing when you fail to pray without ceasing. That's what you're doing when you fail to give thanks in everything. You are quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit within you. Stop it. Stop it. You're to have joy. You're to pray constantly. And you're to give thanks always. You know, actually in this chapter, and I don't got time to go into it, but there are actually 22 reasons, 22, I can put it this way, 22 commands from God in this chapter, starting in the 11th verse. I'm going to read them real fast to you. Verse 11, you're to comfort one another. Number two, edify one another. Three, recognize those who teach the word of God. Not challenge him or say, you know, you're not running the church right. You're supposed to esteem, recognize those who teach the word. To esteem each other, number four, and to esteem each other highly in love. Number five, to be at peace among yourselves. Six, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient towards all men. See that no one renders evil for evil. Follow that which is good. Rejoice always. These three, what we're doing now. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. Number nine, do not quench the spirit. Number 16, do not despise prophesying. That's our next point. Test all things, abstain from the appearance of evil, hold fast that which is good, pray for us, greet all with a holy kiss, that this epistle be read among all the brethren. You know what, you can even pray for Paul today, because God knew that you were going to pray for Paul back then. Listen, greet each other with a holy kiss. Before we get to stop before we get to despise not prophesying, greet each other with a holy kiss. You know what people were doing in churches before COVID hit? They're kissing each other with a holy kiss. Not an Eros kiss, a holy kiss. You, know, you don't see demonic activity in all this COVID stuff. The church is operating in fear. They fear COVID more than Almighty God. I'm not seeing being not be wise, wear a mask, wear gloves. I wash my hands constantly. Every night I have to put the hand cream on because my hands are so, so dry. But, you know, you you got to do what's best, You don't, but you don't hide. And I know what the world says, and I don't, you know, it doesn't. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says from what I see in the Word of God. Quenching the Holy Spirit is when you refuse to do the will of God. And those three, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. And let's, let's go to the next point. Despise not prophesying. If you despise prophesying, 
You, you also probably despise tongues. You despise wisdom from the Word of God. You despise miracles, prophecies, and healings. You know what? The Bible says, do not despise prophesying. And I know over the years I've seen an abuse of it. But you, and what's the next verse say? Test all things. So when you hear a prophecy coming at a, maybe a, a dinner that you're at or a, a function that you're at, and you, you, you get that prophecy and you compare it, you test it against the Word of God. I had one lady one time, she gave me a bunch of CDs, and it was talking about uh, channels or something coming down from heaven all over the earth, and I'm going like, where is that in the Bible? And the lady asked me, she said, well, a friend of mine gave me this and wanted me to listen to it. You think I should listen to it? I said, absolutely not, but then he's broken up and thrown in a garbage can. You know what she did? She broke it up and threw it in a garbage can. And then the lady wanted them back. <laughs> she had to tell them. My pastor told me to break them up. I was just a bunch of junk. All these channels coming down. There's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. Even the stairway that went to heaven in, by, with Jacob, when he wrestled with, uh, with the angel, you know, that was, that was Christ. There's one stairway, not bunches of stairways. Throw it out. Test all things. You know what? Paul acknowledged the Bereans. He acknowledged the Bereans because they tested. He says, test all things, hold fast to what is good. And it says, he spent time in Berea. There, there these Christians were of noble character because they heard Paul's preaching and diligently searched the scriptures to see if it were true. I've heard prophecies from people, and I say, I'm not going to listen to that one. Then I've heard other prophecies from other prophets, you know, that, that were true. So you've got to be careful. You've got to test all things. But don't despise the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially prophesying. That's what Paul is saying here. And because if you do, again, you are snuffing out the fire of the Holy Spirit. You're snuffing out the fire. You're taking matters into your own hands when the scriptures tell you that the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you. You've got to be diligent. So if you despise these things, you're putting the fire of the Spirit out. And the flame of the Holy Spirit is extinguished if you ignore it, if you ignore it. So test, or that means prove all things, hold fast to what is good. Yes, we must be cautious, but not fearful of the gifts that the Lord has given us. Then Jesus, we just went through it in Matthew chapter 7. All gifts are from God. God gives the gifts to the people. And what God gives is good. If my son asked me for a, a, a bread, I wouldn't give him a stone. And if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would God give good gifts to you? So quit saying God did this and did that. We, our sin did it. Our consequence of our sin. 
All gifts are from God, and all gifts are good. Let me say, let me, let me, Thanksgiving coming up is a day when we pause to give thanks to God for the things we have, especially the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what Thanksgiving is. We just celebrated Veterans Day, but Veterans Day is when we pause to give thanks to God for the people who fought for the things we have and especially the freedom of, to worship his son, Jesus Christ, and his Lord, and as, as Lord. But thanksgiving is always, always in your heart. Give thanks to the Lord. So here I'm going to close with this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Despise not prophesying. That's God talking, not me. It's right there in the Word. Despise not prophesying. Test all things. That's your responsibility as a believer, to test all things. You can't just believe what your pastor says. You check it out with the Word of God. And if, you're, if this pastor keeps doing the wrong things and saying the wrong things, you might want to find yourself another church. That don't pass up with that doesn't line up with the word of God. Test all things and hold fast to what is true, and that's the word of God. This is true. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. And Paul tells us, here's what he says. And and for those of you on the air, those of you here, you know, you might want to renew your commitment to the Lord. You might want to thank him more constantly. Now, here's what Paul said. If you confess with your mouth, it's simple to get to heaven. Simple. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not you might be. You will be saved. For with the mouth, man confesses unto salvation, and with the heart, he believes unto righteousness. It's simple as that. And once you truly confess that Jesus is Lord with your whole heart, believe me, your life will change. Because you just got smacked with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give you the power to overcome in this world. Just as David read, yours is the victory. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for for your words. Your words are so beautiful, Lord. Thank you. And as we look at the word and we know that the word is Jesus Christ, we know that he's beautiful. And we can't wait to see him someday. We see the beauty of the Lord, not just when we get there, but even here on this earth. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Let the world thank you always. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. I love you all.